AOD, and with me today is a special guest. I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassie Young, and uh, yeah, I'll leave it that for now. <laughs> for those of you who know Cassie or don't know Cassie, Cassie is very active on the Columbus scene, and she's doing her thing right now with Matter Media. Um, they have a lot going on. I know you have a news platform with Matter yes, as yes. well, so we'll get into that. Absolutely. Um, because I know you guys cover a lot of the yes. issues in Columbus and a lot of things pertaining yeah. to the arts. Right. What um, currently are you guys dealing with or seeing? So um, I'll give an example that relates to the arts specifically. Uh, recently, and you've probably heard something about this, but I don't know how familiar mm-hmm. you are, is the ticket tax in Columbus. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, big controversy. And it's funny because a big thing I'm advocating for and that I want to focus here on out is really trying to bridge the gap between social, political, and economic movements. So I know a lot of people who are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who are artists. I know a lot of people who are community organizers. But I don't see as much crossover. And because I'm sort of in all three of those worlds somewhat equally, I see a real need to bridge those gaps Mm -hmm. and for us to really be focusing on it from all angles. And so a lot of my friends who are artists Mm -hmm. and even entrepreneurs who Mm -hmm. don't pay quite as much attention to politics, I think this ticket tax was a wake-up call to them that you do have to pay some attention to politics. Be concerned with the community organizers who, you know, support the community organizers who are out there fighting for Mm -hmm. your interests because that is what they're doing in terms of the ticket tax for people who are listening who may not know um, was a proposed, so a lot of cities, uh, Columbus does not currently have a ticket tax, but a lot of cities, similar cities to Columbus, do have a ticket tax where a certain percent of ticket sales to entertainment events are um, charged, you know, I think it ranges from like five to 10% usually. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's different stipulations. And so initially they were proposing, I wanna say a 10% ticket tax. Mm -hmm. I might have the details a little off here so people should definitely look it up, but um, they were proposing a ticket tax and I think that initially was gonna apply pretty much to all events. Where my friends and my artist friends that Mm -hmm. throw events were concerned that their five or $10 shows People have to pay, you know, seven, you know, six eighty five instead yeah. of five bucks at the door. Yeah. Um, that's really a hindrance, and yeah. it could potentially like defer people from going to shows. And so, um, also the other issue with it was with it was that a huge percentage. So it was the greatest Colum- Greater Columbus Arts Council who mm-hmm. was the main entity that was proposing the tax. Um, And so essentially the money from the tax would go toward funding um, programs for the arts. But a huge percentage Mm -hmm. in this particular scenario was supposed to be earmarked for Nationwide Arena. Okay. So the hockey arena, which is partially (laughs) publicly funded, so the public's paying for the hockey arena, and it just, I think, really pulled out this I was feeling. Say, they're not enough coming in with hockey in general. And like, all those events they do down. there. Yeah. yeah they so, shut down when they have events. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. Uh, I think mm. just they are really expensive to maintain. And that's okay. And I definitely think that sports have, you know, clearly an important role in society. But I think that what this really sparked for people was the feeling that a lot of artists and people in the arts community have felt for a long time, which is that the arts are severely underfunded. Yes. And so now you're going to pass this, which, yeah. okay, great. Yeah, let's let's do a tax to add, you know, money into the arts. But you want to tax our art events to help fund a hockey arena. Yeah. And that's that, what I was going to say. Right. Like, right. so it sucks to me that the tax would come from my shows mm-hmm. to fund um, 
sports or whatever right. because at the end of the day for me why would like if i'm gonna put a ticket tax and it's supposed to support the arts mm-hmm. then why wouldn't it just come back to, to the arts at least me right. or someone else mm-hmm. like maybe a grant for an artist right. who needs to fund their business which right. we spoke about that too but um i think it should be 100 percent towards that yeah because we're putting this out there right people who are paying are appreciating this so why wouldn't we pour back into right. this right and i think it's the fact that like the government already funds, you know, huge, they, they do, they're partially funding the new cruise stadium and all mm-hmm. these things. So I think that for a long time, like there's been a really good investment in this, in sports, mm-hmm. um, maybe not in schools as much mm-hmm. as we could be, but generally speaking and for a city. Yeah. And so that, that kind of relates to the point of what we're really diving into with matter news. Um, so Modern news we created because we feel like local news doesn't really reflect what people mm-hmm. want to understand about their community. I yes. constantly had it people, <laughs> I used to think people, like I had kind of this uh, phase where I was sort of getting negative, like my negative worldview that like people don't care and we're kind of like doomed because people don't care about even what's going on in their communities. But I started realizing that was so not true because yeah. when I post about things, people I would never expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of when, it's funny because this would happen on Facebook when I was more active on Facebook years back where I would post about things and I would Mm -hmm. see people in public that I knew and they'd say I love all your posts like they they, interact but they never interacted on Facebook so I was like wow okay so I am reaching people even if it seems like not a lot of people are reacting and but then it's funny because when I then kind of switched to Instagram Mm -hmm. because of the DM being more of a thing on Instagram and and I post a lot of my story Mm -hmm. now people feel a little bit more comfortable responding because it's more private and so a lot of people that I wouldn't necessarily expect to be interested in like local politics would um, DM me and be like oh my god like that thing you posted about city council people not actually being elected yeah that is wild (laughs) like why haven't I heard of this where can I learn more and the answer to that is like there really isn't a place that I could even point you to where you could go to online and get a good accounting of yeah. what how city council yeah. is elected, why is it set up that way, what are the efforts yeah. to change it. Um, and you and so I have people all the time who I know like me when I first got in, involved in community organizing or that want to be entrepreneurs or whatever it is, they want to take the step, but they feel like they want to know a little bit more first and feel more confidence. And so a lot of people would tell me like, where can I learn more about this? And I just, there aren't resources. The local news doesn't cover things in a nuanced and in-depth way. And so um, part of the reason, so there's a few major issues with the industry and the reason that I brought up matter is because we're looking at the city's development. We're going to talk about matter. Okay okay (laughs) so we're talking about the city's development and that's the main issue um, that we're looking at and so the question of what do we put how how do we invest in the arts versus sports Mm -hmm. how do we decide what um, public space should be used for what purposes that's all very big picture and very consequential stuff especially when you're living in a city that is going to double or triple in population in the matter of decades. Oh my god. And I, I think cannot it, imagine yeah. there's already so many people here right. and there's room but that's why they're building up so right. much because we have to I mean we're sprawling out and we'll continue to sprawl out that's for sure you see like Canal Winchester and some of those areas yeah. that are just and that's changing rapidly um, with Dayton Cincinnati oh absolutely engulfing Dayton hell they're yeah talking about moving Dayton or changing the area code to 513 interesting yeah I hadn't heard that particular yeah. tidbit yeah wow Dayton so I'm like all in and then Dayton is really really 
vacant at the moment, but there's a lot of like, wow. there's the sparks there yeah, for the fire for to sure. start. For sure. Um, but it'll probably be a lot, maybe 10 years before we see right. Dayton on a level to compete or to even see the, the opportunity for it to get to where Cincinnati right. or Columbus right. is at the moment. But I think it'll happen quicker yeah, than we're thinking even because one thing that I, that I read once was that uh, Ohio is one of the best situated uh, kind of places to live yes. in the United States it when is. it comes to climate change and you know we don't have the huge threat the west does with fires we don't have um what the coast deals with with the you crazy know snow. right we don't have the hurricane right yeah and so um i think that we're gonna see because of climate change even more people flocking here that makes um, the sense. affordability right now um, because affordability is going to get worse okay. here but it's also going <laughs> to get worse in the san francisco's yeah. and the new york's and so more and more people i think are just going to move here yeah. um and so i think that dayton's going to blow up i think like eventually we're going to see the sprawl where like where does Cincinnati end and Columbus begin or, yeah. or Cleveland and vice versa I think it's all going to sprawl out but like you were saying like we're doing a lot of building up I think one of the issues I see is that there isn't a lot of intention and planning behind right. the bigger picture yeah. and a lot of that is that different cities and municipalities mm -hmm. um, have patchwork policies that contradict each other that don't go together and um, so yeah we, we created Matter News because we see three major issues with the music in, or the music industry what industry are we talking about <laughs> um, with the news industry yeah. and the three major issues we see is that it isn't local. Yeah. It isn't independent and accessible and um, it's not, it's inaccessible. And then also that it's probably, privately owned. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through yeah. kind of what each of these mean, but then the third is that it's boring. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> local media isn't local and that's a major issue. Yeah. So um, pretty much every uh, station, newspaper, you know, any kind of media outlet in Columbus is for the most part um, owned by companies based in Texas and New York. So mm -hmm. the Columbus Dispatch, our city paper, is owned by um, uh, is owned by Gatehouse Media. Wow. Um, so it's not locally owned. Parts of its upper administration, particularly, yeah. is not locally operated, mm -hmm. and uh, you would I, a lot of people I imagine think that the Columbus Dispatch and Columbus Alive as different entities. Mm -hmm. um, they're owned by the same company, so we think that we have kind of variety in these different publications, but just like nationally. We used to have a ton of diversity of ownership, right. small papers, neighborhood papers, and now they've all been kind of bought up and consolidated to the, and the pipeline point. from local to like you could literally start out in local news and you can make your own way through just right. different channels because there was so much diversity. Right, right. Now it's not. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so you have these top down, based somewhere else companies that you have to pick from. And so um, one thing that I've noticed is, yeah, even the fact that people are starving to work for local entities. So uh, a lot of talented journalists come out of Columbus and then move away. And that's um, that was pretty much an issue is that there's so many people here that want to work for like good investigative news outlets, but they really don't have that yeah. option. Yeah. Um, so that's like a major issue because uh, then we see the national outlets are the ones sometimes covering local issues. They are not getting the context right. And then even when there is local, another problem with uh, the news is that it's just um, not really contextualized and not nuanced because the people who are making calls about that at the top are not even based in Columbus, even if the reporters are. Right. So it's and just, just... They just got to get their story done. Right, right. So... 
Um, the other issue is that it's really inaccessible. Um, so we know that right now uh, a lot of the, so we're the only nonprofit news outlet in Columbus. And I think there's only one other in Ohio. Um, so when you have most of your media and your news, which New, the journalism industry is supposed to be what they call the fourth estate. Mm -hmm. The media is supposed to be that check on all three branches mm -hmm. of government. So they're supposed to check e each other, but the media is the watchdog ultimately over what the government is doing mm -hmm. for and to the people. Right. And so when your news industry is funded by advertisers mm -hmm. who have a very different set of values and goals that are based on profit right. um, and selling a product rather than informing the people and we're playing that watchdog role mm -hmm. that's where we've gotten into the trouble we're at where we aren't seeing the investigations and the things that matter to people being funded right. um, which is just like one of the biggest issues is if we're going to have the news it needs to cover the things that people care about <laughs> i think at least i agree <laughs> and then um yeah and so I'm yeah, loving all of this, yeah, by the way. You're yeah. definitely doing what you're supposed to be doing. For sure. I'm super, super For sure. right <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then, and then it's just boring, you know? And, like, I don't get why the news... At the national level with Vox and Vice and some of these different outlets, you, you're definitely getting some of that, you know, mini documentaries, hosted series, um, infographics, like, all these different things that younger people, I think older people, too, want, but they didn't really grow up with that being their, yeah. their idea of the news. Yeah. I think the new age idea of the news is that you're multimedia. I Yeah, and, like, different people learn differently. Not yeah. everyone can sit down and read an article. Some people yeah. need you to, you know, walk... I'm a very visual person, walking you through it, concepts, doing explainers. Um, so we are really about covering issues from a multimedia standpoint. Yeah. So when we're covering the issue of development, we've created articles, explainers, documentaries, mm -hmm. um, actually interactive graphics where you can you know click on something and learn more so we have a ton of that coming out and some of it on matternews.org right now okay. um, but the thing about uh, what I was saying before with the news not covering things that matter to us and that was my biggest issue with the news is the things that they're covering you know it's weather it's um, dogs running away it's things that we need um, for sure but they're not um, they're kind of covering scattered things throughout and they're not covering them at all in depth, any of them in depth. Yeah. And so what we do with Matter is rather than covering just anything or what's coming up, we're a little bit more proactive mm -hmm. and in depth. So we cover just particular issues at a time. And so right now we're only covering one because we're all volunteer and have pretty much yeah. no budget up to this <laughs> point. But once we can secure some funding um, and scale up and we will have like a few issues at a time. And we create all different content around those issues mm -hmm. so that people can kind of get an idea of what is the issue, mm -hmm. um, how are people tackling it. And so yeah. a big thing for me is focusing on root causes and common solutions. Yeah. I think we're constantly talking about the symptoms of things, mm -hmm. but we're not talking about what is the really the root cause here yeah. that we need to be tackling and what are people doing that's working, yeah. what from the evidence do we know is promising, and how could we implement that in our yeah. context. Um, and so we're also, another thing is that for most news outlets, they're choosing the issues they cover in the newsroom mm -hmm. or in the boardroom mm -hmm. uh, of that you know company in Texas. We are uh, locally owned and operated. And we are not choosing the issues we cover as a journalist staff. Right. We reach out to are reaching out. So yeah, what I've we're going to do, do that, yes. Yeah. And so <laughs> what we're doing with our model is when we expand to more issues, mm -hmm. we will be doing market research, polls, 
um, meetings with community leaders to understand what are the most pressing issues in Columbus right now and what when we get that feedback because we have some ideas but we don't know and so we really talk to people and get in the community and make sure that we do a lot of listening Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that that all these things about our model just really insulate us from falling prey to a lot of the things that have corrupted I think journalism for other outlets yeah Um, we're very investigative so right now we're working on a podcast series um, that will be exploring the gentrification of Wineland Park mm-hmm. um, in particular and uh, it, Cincinnati I don't know if you're familiar with Over the Rhine yeah uh, but a big thing that happened there was they <laughs> were uh, basically running out uh, corner stores yeah. that they d- deemed um, c- hubs of criminal activity mm-hmm. and so these corner stores that were getting run out happened to be in highly gentrifying right. yeah. desirable neighborhoods yeah. for, for reinvestment um, and usually TV reinvestment. On on yeah, yeah. We, we see the pot stirring yeah. down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and that's exactly it. And what we've realized is a, a big thing we like to focus on a matter getting at that root issue thing is that a, a lot of times with these areas where they're like, let's reinvest in this area or really clean up this area. It's not for the benefit of the people. The area was yeah. never invested in in the first place. And yeah. in most cases, it was purposefully in, disinvested in yeah. through redlining, through the way they drew up yeah. the school systems and the taxing and yeah. all that stuff. So um, now, and then another thing with development is, um, for example, when they put in a big development in the city of Columbus, in a lot of areas, mm-hmm. they can get the developer twenty up to twenty years of not paying any property taxes mm-hmm. on that property. Mm-hmm. Eighty six cents, I think, on the dollar goes to Columbus City Schools mm-hmm. on property tax dollars. Mm-hmm. So that those millions of dollars that are getting knocked off of the taxes of the developers are actually directly starving the schools. Yeah. In Dublin, for example, they don't have those policies yeah. where developers are, you know, able to to get off of paying. Yeah. And so when a development goes in in Columbus, they add all these residents to this area that are going to be using the trash the fire, all of the public amenities but the schools, they them that but they're not paying toward break, it. So yeah. then that's putting a bigger burden on the people who have, a lot of live there <laughs> and their kids that are going to the schools. These people who are moving in either don't have kids or they're sending their school them to other schools. So yeah. they don't care what the Usually schools Usually they're are. not in that area. Right. The ones who are, well, the people who live there are, but the, right. the owners of the property are right. not. Yeah. Well, so... Another thing I think that I've noticed with the news, since mm-hmm. we're speaking on like what the news currently is, mm-hmm. is that it's not a, a big issue. Is that it's more so um, they want to gain people's attention, they want to mm-hmm. gain viewership mm-hmm. and followership, so it's more sensationalized. Right. Exactly. Um, with the news specifically, they're not really impacting small businesses to the level right. that they could. Right. Um, by reaching in and grabbing some of those stories as right. well. Yeah. And so. we, uh, speaking of small business, there was an article a friend shared with me recently that um, said, you know, why small business should uh, support local media mm-hmm. and local news. And it's like... Just like what we were talking about with the ticket tax, there are so many policies. And I think Columbus, for example, one thing that we've been talking a lot with the, you remember the whole Amazon headquarters too that almost came to Columbus. Mm -hmm. And honestly, in my own opinion, this is not Matter's opinion, I think that um, we dodged a bullet. And people get so excited about the thought of attracting an Amazon here, even though Seattle is like kind of ready for Amazon to go go because (laughs) the housing prices have gotten so out of control. And Seattle, like to a large extent, or 
Amazon, if you look up, there's some articles that talk about the way that Amazon has threatened cities that it is in that, you know, you better not pass this $15 minimum wage or we will leave the city. So they very much have um, have a stranglehold on a lot of cities. And Columbus, for example, gave tons of non-public information to Amazon about its plans for city development. So Amazon now didn't choose Columbus, gave us this huge runaround and has a ton of data now Mm -hmm. for their company about all of these cities across the country that Mm -hmm. tried so hard to court it and give it all this information to Mm -hmm. come here. It's just going to pack up and move as soon as uh, they get the next better offer. Why is the city not doing more to invest all of that time and money they did trying to get Amazon to come here to birth the next Amazon? Like I'd like to see a birth the next Amazon campaign (laughs) where we put our money and resources into lifting up entrepreneurs, you know, like you, Mm -hmm. people who are trying to start up their own things that have like (laughs) these businesses and things we're starting have heart. They're not like we're just trying to sell a product. We're trying to sell an ideology. A lot of times we're funding ourselves. Exactly. We're funding ourselves because we're that passionate Mm -hmm. about it. Right. And I think, too, even um, small boutiques, you see that Mm -hmm. the big retail brands are a closing shop across across the nation. Right. Um, Victoria's Secret, one of the most recent ones. L Brands, excuse me. And I think a thing with that is retail's not going away. People just want to know where they're getting their clothes from. Right. I think that we went toward kind of like these bigger, it was like the era of convenience. Like we created all these foods that are more convenient. We created these malls and these large companies. And that's what I also see even in my government job that we were kind of generalizing even our jobs. So me as a caseworker at child support, when I went back when I was a caseworker, I was handling so many different processes that I wasn't good at. I wasn't able to focus well on any of them, learn any of them. Yeah, master of none, essentially. (laughs) And I feel like that's pretty much what it's become is all these companies that are huge gargantuans that control so much of our economy Mm -hmm. and our politics Mm -hmm. are not experts or truly passionate about any of these things that matter to people and so yeah people want those small businesses they want all of these things but they're (laughs) also getting them in smaller doses than they could be because I don't think the government has sufficiently um, made a plan for how do we better lift up and a big thing with the development thing Columbus is so concerned with attracting outside businesses, but mm-hmm. also outside people. They want yeah. millennials to move here. They want people to move here, which I think is fine. Columbus has a lot of that already, though. Yeah, yeah. And, it, <laughs> and it's fine. It's good. It's one of the things that's great about Columbus is people come here and they like it and yeah. people are welcoming. But my point is that why are we not sufficiently first investing in our own people, the people that are already here? Because we think that attracting in young professionals like to the city are going to solve all of our problems. Yeah. Like the most basic thing we could do to solve our problems is to actually like try to better the lives of the people that are already Correct. here. I want to highlight. And so I guess we, we figured we would get into this at some point, but it's a good time <laughs> to mention that um, myself and uh, Sam Rothstein and Raiden Labs are throwing an event um, June 8th um, called Cloud City. Cloud with, City. Uh, yeah, we have a big team, <laughs> but I won't mention them all at the moment. Um, all the names and organizations we're mm-hmm. um, working with will be released like mm-hmm. in the next week. And um, what the point of that event is, mm-hmm. is really kind of like matter multimedia. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of festivals and events that mm-hmm. are art. Mm-hmm. First of all, they, they're called music and art festivals. Mm-hmm. Like what is the arbitrary like 
separation between music and art. I don't really understand it. <laughs> I would so, say there's really not right. One. <laughs> so why are like so many festivals called music and art? Well, I looked at this um, recent data that showed like. 80% of art festivals have music mm-hmm. and then it's like 60% have maybe dance and then 40% like I think it's like 4% have film. I don't see how you have anything without music to be honest. Well yeah okay <laughs> I kind of feel the same way but I think that there's so many other art forms too mm-hmm. that just don't get play so this this data said like 4% of art events have film mm-hmm. and like so there are certain art forms that just are not as present yeah. at events and things like that and then also a lot of the official arts, um, you know, in, in existing art uh, events in the city mm-hmm. highlight a kind of specific set of type of artists. Mm-hmm. And those that aren't dialed into that particular scene mm-hmm. don't get put on. And I think Independence Day Festival um, in Columbus was uh, one of the bigger and better festivals to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ended last year. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge gap that we see. Um, I just don't see a lot of the... I get people all the time hitting me up on Instagram like, what is that dope shit you just posted about where are these parties you're always at where are these shows and I started to see this huge disconnect where my friends who throw shows and who are artists want more exposure and more people at their events and then I have people who are bored of Columbus and see all this dope shit I'm doing and want to know how you know but then there's also getting people to those events and getting out of their comfort zone and going to a new place for the first time and so a big thing that we're trying to do is um, create that event uh, to really show off in one space all of mm-hmm. these different uh, dope things and mm-hmm. dope people that are doing things in mm-hmm. Columbus. And so we're having music, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. it'll be mainly uh, hip-hop, yeah. EDM, but we'll have definitely some indie rock and, and different stuff in there. Uh, we're It's going to be at 400 West Rich Street. Uh, that's in Franklinton, and it's a huge building uh, attached to Strongwater mm-hmm. um, with a bunch of artists studios and then it has a big event space that's indoor outdoor so um we're gonna make it like a city when you enter it's gonna be through a bit of a tunnel the fence is gonna be blacked out so that you can't Mm -hmm. really see straight through um and then we'll have two big stages outside one on the inside we're gonna have a film so we'll have a theater where we're planning on having uh different local films Mm -hmm. uh playing and possibly (laughs) even music videos Mm -hmm. we're thinking about doing a little music video festival and then uh we're gonna have skateboarding Mm -hmm. so kind of nostalgic uh thing that you know with (laughs) warp tour and all those things that used to that uh that incorporate skating are sort of uh not not happening in columbus i've never seen skating at a festival um we're going to have uh, fashion so cozy international if you're familiar with them at all i am familiar Um, yeah (laughs) uh so they're going to be there uh we're gonna have the phantom reality which is isaiah's um mindfulness and meditation Mm. multi-sensory experiences and uh we're gonna have matter news is uh part of the city so we're actually building like a little city in the event and uh you'll have the city the grocery store uh, all the meditation (laughs) center and then uh we're gonna have dance Mm -hmm. so definitely some potential choreographed type type things going on but then also just some experimental kind of immersive things mm. happening in the crowd mm-hmm. um and i'm probably uh we have virtual reality <laughs> gaming so yeah. we're really trying to like bring together we're trying to be rather than a, a top-down type festival mm-hmm. um we're being very like grassroots like bottom yeah. bottom up and yeah uh so we're really just empowering so i i know i wanted to talk to you about yeah. it more uh, offline at yeah some I'm, point. I'm definitely yeah. interested in hearing more i didn't know i mean the, the marketing and branding is dope and definitely like 
honestly, hands down, Sam does his thing. As oh far my as god, like, that's why I'm doing it. He yeah. really puts a lot into his shows. Not only just you, yeah. but because I'm busy. But I know that he does his thing mm-hmm. with his shows. Mm-hmm. He he travels, which is a big thing that I was right. doing early on with AOD. Yeah. Um, and he does it so, so much. Like, yeah. I'm like, this dude is really busting his ass. They have been and they, like, live together and mm-hmm. they're besties. So they just, like, literally, people were like, when do y'all meet? And yeah. and Sam was like, we, like, literally live together, live together. and work and together and do shows together. To. But, like, they're, like, a couple that, like, yeah. has their, like, business together. They're yeah. just, like, always together. So they're just always amazing. working on their business. I'm sure it's kind of similar for you too and (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's like amazing though when i when i first met them because i became friends with them like a year ago okay and like when you guys were super cool at um the listening yes yeah yeah and uh yeah so i became tight with them over the last year and part of the reason i fuck with them is like every time i'm with them they've had they have these like Re- outlandish but great ideas. That's my favorite word. And like, my most favorite is it? Word. I don't use it very often. I have a blog that I've had for years, and it's called Outlandish Panda. I love that. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, I love but yeah. That. So one time I was like sitting with them, and they're like, "Yeah, we're thinking about doing like a fashion event," and I was like. How <laughs> would I expect you to say? And they go, we know you're looking at these two dudes. Like, what are you two dudes that wear fucking t-shirts all the time trying to do with a fashion event? And right. like, ultimately, they told me this whole thing about how, you know, we need more people in Columbus that are connected in terms of like models with photographers without it being the creepy like male yeah. photographer hitting up on like Instagram, having more of a better way for people to meet. Um, and then like uh, makeup artists, like all the different people involved, yeah. stylists, mm-hmm. designers. It's really what the social society is. Right. It's like in bigger cities. Right. Like, and we don't have that. Right. Here, so this is really dope. We have to forge yeah. it. And so they didn't actually do that event yet. I don't know if they're still going to, but at the end of it, they were like, and so we think that this will make hip hop videos, music videos better. And I'm if like, that's the case, then yes. I'm totally. like, but I just like love them. How they tie like, it all in Yeah, that. like I was like, y'all are some potting ass motherfuckers. <laughs> and I love it. But you remember when we first met, me and you, yeah. and we had that brunch. Yes. And you were talking about your ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how you wanted to do that. Uh-huh. That's pretty much what it is. Like, that's how, you know. It's so weird. And when you have people around who encourage that. Exactly. That's what like. Where magic happens. Yes, yeah. Yes. Oh my God, you're hitting me so hard because <laughs> two of my best friends that uh, two best friends of mine that I made like not even a year ago, um, Alexia Winfield, who created the Columbus Book Project. Okay, I familiar. Love that. Yes, I love she's that. she's incredible, and so is Emily Evans, who um, works on Humans of Columbus with okay. Alexia. And, I just and then recently saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should go to a dinner sometime. I will have to. Yeah, it's it's huge. Yeah, um, I have to. <laughs> it's their their whole uh, Humans of Columbus kind of philosophy is that just everyone needs better connected, and so for sure they do for that sure. over food and, and dinner parties. The best way to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's what their philosophy is, and it's so true. Um, but yeah, Emily Evans, she also works on my Matter News team, um, helping, she studies communicational organization, okay. um, or organizational communication, <laughs> and um, so she's like a nerd for how do we make organizations like set up in a way that communication is flowing, That's that there's like synergy yeah. able to like happen because there's certain things in place. And so she, when I started telling her about Cloud City more, she was like, oh my God, like, I'm so pumped about this. I want to get involved. But not only, and so when I first made friends with her and Alexia, it was actually when I was going to start Matter. Mm -hmm. And Alexia, I knew that we should be friends because I had this intuition I needed to tell her about my idea for Matter News. 
And so I told her, and the next day she was texting me like, what are you doing for this? What are you doing for that? Yes. Let's have like a little mastermind yeah. meeting where I help you get organized. And I was like, holy shit. Like I was trying to on my own figure out how am I going to do this thing? <laughs> and you think like you have to sit down and like plan it all out and have it all like ready to go. But then you realize like until I start talking to yeah. some people and like people, like you said, who are enthusiastic about it, like it's so hard to do that. You yeah. need a team yeah. and you need people who are constantly, like you said, not just passively going to talk to you about it but like hey what's going on with that and so Emily came on to Cloud City this past weekend so that's why I'm like huh because Sam and Raiden they throw shows for a living they do that in their sleep they can figure out all the sound and the production and the artists Mm -hmm. I'm the one who's like a project manager for my government job Mm -hmm. and I kind of help um, get things off the ground and so I'm sitting here trying to organize all these little locks and I'm doing my best (laughs) but Emily comes in and she's like so what are we doing with this? Yeah. Why isn't there like a to-do list that's better organized? I'm like, I just need someone to help me yeah. and like ask me these things. And so she's been just so huge and just like having that support. And even Isaiah, you know, when I get like freaked out yeah, about what we're trying awesome. to do is huge. <laughs> he's like, you yeah. got a team, you have support. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so scary. I'm sure you it's know this hard. to like put yourself to, out yeah, there. It's hard to trust. Yeah. It's hard to And sometimes it's not hard to trust. You want to trust everybody and you just learn that you can't. And it's interesting because I feel like there's a spectrum. And Mm -hmm. so on the one side of the spectrum are are my certain friends who they have certain great ideas Mm -hmm. that they don't really share much about those ideas because they're very protective. Yeah. And then you have people on the other side of the spectrum like me. Mm -hmm. I sort of have this theory that if someone can implement my idea Mm -hmm. better and faster than I can, Godspeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But... I don't think very many people will even go for it. Even if they do, they're going to miss and I can just adapt and do my own thing or they're not going to do it on the timeline. I am with cloud city. For example, I'm like, here, everybody, here's all the plans because like Godspeed, if you think you can implement what we're trying to implement in this time frame, and why I think we can do it um, is because we just, the network, the strength of the network, and not just, and I had someone mention, they're like, you know, a lot of people say they're the next big thing. The person was saying, they're like, with what you're doing with Matter and all these things, it was um, kind of a more official arts group in the the, um, city, was saying to me, you know, you just got to be careful because a lot of people are pitching themselves as the next big thing. They said, we think that you're a little bit different. We're taking less of a grain of salt because of what you're doing with Matter and trying to do mm-hmm. things different in the community. But a lot of people are pitching themselves as the next big event or big thing. What does that mean, though? Yeah. What well, does it mean to be the next big thing and the next big event? I think in they're this, saying, yeah, well, that's the question. And I'm like, the thing is, most local art events like mm-hmm. don't pay the artist mm-hmm. at all or well. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing Sam and Raiden have always pushed mm-hmm. with their shows yeah. is paying the artists. Mm-hmm. Even, I mean, there are shows that don't make very yeah. much money. Yeah. Their number one priority is paying the artists. Yeah. With Cloud City, we're definitely going to be paying the artists like good amounts. We'll have contracts with like minimum amounts and then we're hoping to figure out some method by which we can grant bonuses if the event is able to like bring in enough Mm -hmm. income um and so we but we're really just trying to break even have a good first year event and then build on it you know really how yeah that's the goal so one part that I actually I should have mentioned way before now when I met Alexia Mm -hmm. she you know who was what are we doing about this how are we gonna get matter to be a thing like this needs to happen she hooked me up with local filmmakers Loose Films, and okay, they invited yeah. me on a documentary-style shoot where okay. I could get some experience nice. and whatnot. And there was a journalist, a freelance journalist, who was working the shoot, and her name was her name is Jalen Grisso. And uh, I met her and just kind of was telling her about my, my documentary project mm-hmm. and the news outlet I wanted to start. She started telling me about an idea she had for an investigation. It happens to be the one that we're turning into a podcast. And I was like... 
Okay. She seems like on my wavelength. And I nice. texted Alexia after and I said, I think I just met my co-founder. And I just nice. like had this intuition. And so her and I eventually ended up meeting up and like the first meeting, she was like, so how would this work? Like, would you, would we be 50, 50 or would it be your thing that I'm coming on to? And I was like, Oh hell, you're like the journalist, like 50, yeah. 50 for sure. Yeah. Like you, you would definitely, I don't want any more control over a journalistic endeavor than you yeah. as an, the expert. And so what I bring to the team is the government perspective I have a master's degrees in social work and public policy. And so, um, I really have that kind of context, yeah. the bigger context, the community organizing context, what, what we're looking at there. And then she brings what we need in the journalism side. So yeah. I edit all of our pieces for mm-hmm. context, mm-hmm. for comprehension of like um, the nuance and mm-hmm. things like that, making sure like there's this angle that, that we're not exploring. Yeah. And so it makes our editing process very yeah. long. And because we're not like other outlets where we don't care how many views we're getting, that's not how we're measuring success. Engagement and all of that stuff is what really matters yeah. to us, a reach and awareness so yeah. that we touch a lot of people, but also that they're engaging. We don't yeah. care what like our, our sales or anything looks like and um, just about the nonprofit model. So we are working on, um, we just put up on our site a um, members kind of thing where you can donate monthly or donate to become kind of like a member because we're funded by the people who actually care about the news and not advertisers or other businesses. Um, So that's a big thing that we really care about is just making sure that the people who fund and determine what the news is, Mm -hmm. is the people. Um, And we just really take a lot of time and we're diving into these, these issues. And like I said, our editing process is a bitch. We have a huge team too of people and our team is uh, women dominated, but a, a good mix. Uh, we are a very, very racially gender identity, sexual yeah, identity. Yeah, I saw a few pictures. Yeah, and it looks like you guys are yeah. nice melting pot. Yeah, we're young, so I would yeah. say that's the one way that we lack a little bit diversity. Uh, and so we could definitely work on expanding. And mm-hmm. and I think politically, getting more people on the team that are politically in different places yeah. is an important thing for us. But right now, we're really you know just bringing in people that we've gotten connected to that mm-hmm. um, really care about the mission and mm-hmm. we have a uh, I think t- 15 to 20 people on the team between kind of our core team who's working on matter day in and day out. And then we have people who are contributors who are, you know, writing certain articles or just helping consult us in different Mm -hmm. areas. So, um, people who, um, become journalists, I Mm -hmm. doubt that their programs very often have any focus on entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And, um, so trying to kind of instill that, startup mentality and people that you know you might work for uh, an organization in any industry that is I think increasingly millennials want to be part of industry disrupting organizations part of the thing that's hard for us is that no one the model we've created doesn't exist yeah and I just feel like we are doing more than the past generation did to infuse our organizations and our businesses with our values because we really want this to be a lifestyle right we don't want lifestyle companies we don't want the oh I want to be a journalist I want to be a reporter I Mm. love music let me go work for MTV we want our own we want control of our our destiny our businesses and we want to have a say in what the decisions are right I think our generation is learning from that past and we are deciding that we are not going down the same path right we will ask questions and (laughs) yeah and like really infusing Not that the civil rights movement and parts of it weren't trying to do this because Mm -hmm. one of the beauties of the civil rights movement was that they did go beyond policy. Well, they they had that balance of policy and soul and heart and like community Mm -hmm. and the Black Panthers, for example, are a great example of a group that did know how to actually try to like 
take create their own community mm-hmm. and create their own they had their 10 tenants that you know were the things their that principles. they their principles mm-hmm. that they live by and so they were actually a great example mm-hmm. but i think because the larger movements weren't uh weren't quite as serious we got so many laws changed but because the culture didn't change yeah. because we didn't create any real political alliances between different groups which yeah. fred hampton in chicago was yeah. one of the foremost people to do that work where he was actually at like 21 years old uniting the latino black and white communities and the fbi murdered him in his sleep in bed with his wife yeah so (laughs) it i think that's a big thing that i want to focus on is i want to create basically this mastermind group um i had like one meeting with a few people about it and then i just got too busy but i'm gonna get back to it and it's gonna be bringing together people from the social, political, and economic yeah. worlds to bring together entrepreneurs, community organizers, and uh, people that are on the social scene. Yeah. Because ultimately, I mean, culture, like politics is downstream from culture. Yeah. And I see a lot of my political groups, they also, they're they like a lot of those groups back in the day. Within their own organizing circles, there's this culture. And what's but between specific policies, right? Yeah. But 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 then yeah, between issue areas or between yeah. them and the entrepreneurs or mm-hmm. them and the people who throw events, mm-hmm. there's such a big disconnect. A big thing I see an issue that pops up in my own work and um, in just different things that I've seen is. And I want to make sure something I'm good about is making space. Yeah. Um, making space, obviously, for underrepresented people. Yeah. Um, but also making space for young people because ultimately those are the people who are going to lead and who do have the best finger on the way things are going. And, like, <laughs> I respect, like, the older generation. Yeah. Like, and they have so much to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. But they hold so much of the power. Mm-hmm. We have so few power positions as young people. Yeah. And so we really need people, like, like I've been extremely fortunate in the government agency I work mm-hmm. for that my bosses who are like, you know, close to retirement have made a lot of space for yeah. me to come up because they know that I have a perspective and they love the millennial perspective. But in any venture I'm in, even the older people who buy in, yeah, it's, it's difficult to, yeah. for them to let go <laughs> some of that control and yeah. some of their attachments to the old way of doing yeah. things, even if they are kind of on the new yeah. wavelength. Yeah. And that's something that I want to fi- figure out how to embed in the organizations I create is right. how can I put these, set these things up so that I don't even have to be in charge of these hey, organizations. Exactly. Like, that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I kind of think of myself as a bit of a... I don't know. We'll see with how my career goes, but I don't really feel that I need to run any of these organizations or events that I'm putting exactly. on for years in the future. Like I might, but yeah. I want to set them up in a way that like the culture is so clear and so deep mm-hmm. uh, that the people and then the, the practices and the policies yeah. we have in place make it foolproof. The life work balance, mm-hmm. it really just needs to be a life balance and work is just a part of your right. life. Right. Like, because we work so much of our lives mm-hmm. spend so much, so much time with the people we work with mm-hmm. that needs to be looked at right. as life it's right. not life and work it's right. life and a part of your life is this work right and overall like how are we all producing more than ever working more hours than ever but making less, less. than ever so <laughs> we're producing more but for somebody else and i think that we're also with matter really interested in looking at how can we crowdsource certain things and um comment sections are tricky for news outlets because there's so much spam and so many things to yeah. and even hate speech that yeah. happens in them that 
it's difficult, but they there's a lot of really cool technologies that they're working on that would yeah. like be able to essentially yeah. detect bots, detect hate speech and flag yeah. things in a way that makes it more manageable for yeah. news outlets to kind of allow conversation mm-hmm. and different things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay, well, that was amazing. I'm so glad we sat Me down too. together. You are so well informed. It's like very impressive. Like I'm so excited for Matter. I really am. Um, so Cassie, is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with? And then where can people find you on social media? Um, for the listeners, uh, I just want to leave everyone with what's really made all the difference for me in the last year, which is like, I posted about this the other day, it's positive deviance. It's like rebels with a cause. And it's the study of social and behavioral change that happens um, not because people like us have any more resources or knowledge than our peers, but because we're willing to do things a little Mm -hmm. bit different. Um, So to deviate in a positive way. And so I just want everyone to embrace that side of themselves, Mm -hmm. find people that bring out that side of you and just be socially like, courageous with just hitting people up if you connect with their stuff so I think that I initially hit you up um, because I heard army of dreamers mm-hmm. and I just like yeah. when I heard the name I was like yes <laughs> and then you. I saw you were like the interviewing. most important yeah. decision I ever made yeah <laughs> no it like resonated on such a deep level when Thank I first you. saw it and then I loved your interview style and like you were interviewing hip-hop artists and things mm-hmm. that I'm interested in anyways and so I just hit you up and I was like, hey, I love your stuff. And then you were like down to get breakfast and we all hung out and yeah. that was so much fun. And I've like made so many friends over the last year yes. and just expanded my network by just, just even, reaching out and like now and that I'm doing, open. yeah. And there yeah. were people that I like, and following my intuition and like, I've had people that I kind of knew there was something there, but I, we didn't have anything. It was like, there wasn't necessarily a clear connection to like matter or something I was doing yeah. at the time. Now with Cloud City, I have a whole mm-hmm. new thing to connect with people yeah. and people that I hadn't had a chance to yet. I'm coming back to Mm -hmm. but because I just let them know I see you and I appreciate what you're creating and people Mm -hmm. have done that for me Mm -hmm. it just is like being vulnerable and like I would have people like that I was about to hit up that you know that little ego comes in is like they're not going to give a shit they're going to think you're like just a fangirl or a weirdo and then like one girl or one person I did that to was um Kai Mm -hmm. uh I I think you probably know her I told her I liked her lyrics and I like of course I was like she's not going to she's gonna think you're like weird and she was like what's up like let's be friends no but uh but yeah so she uh and I just became friends because I hit her up and said I like your lyrics but it's always like hard because you have to get that social courage like get over yourself and be like who cares what they think of me like make that connection and kind of pass or get past that social fear I think is my big um takeaway and then uh find Matter News on any platform at Matter News underscore and at matternews.org and then um also on every platform at And I just want to also add in, everyone should follow me at my personal account because I love connecting yes. on there too, which is C-A-S-S-I-E Young 614, Cassie Young 614. Yes. And for everybody else, um, you already know where to find us. You'll probably see the prom- promo for this on there before you actually go to listen, but it's going to be at AOB Media Group on every platform. And you can follow me on Instagram at underscore Shonda Hunter. We out. Ooh.